Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The Bible has a lot to say about money, and Paul, in our text today, is echoing the Savior's teachings specifically as it relates to the blessing of giving. In Acts chapter 20, Paul quotes Jesus when he says that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Do you believe that? It's true. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. Have you ever felt hesitant to give? Whether you're giving time, money, or resources, it can feel like a risk at times, especially when finances are tight. The Bible teaches that you're to give with a cheerful heart despite your circumstances. Listen to Pastor J.D. in today's message as he expands on the topic of giving and how it is a blessing to both the giver and receiver. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to the church there in Philippi. And in verse 14 says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, In the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. I want to talk to you today about the very touchy topic of giving. So, if you want, we can bow our heads, close our eyes, and you can slip out unnoticed, if you wish. We're going to talk specifically as it relates to why it is that givers are so blessed. By givers, I mean those who give financially to support God's work in preaching the gospel, reaching the lost, and furthering the kingdom. Now, I have to be candid and open with you and say to you, before we go any further, that this is a very difficult teaching for me as a pastor, because Whenever you talk about money matters, it almost can sound like it's self-serving. So at this time, we're going to have the ushers come forward and receive the tithes and offerings, actually. You know, for the benefit of our online church, many don't know this, we don't actually receive tithes and offerings as is the custom of some churches to do. Nothing wrong with that. When... I first came here and planted the church. One of the things that the Lord ministered to me and made clear to me was that we were not to do that. That we were only to have a box. And in fact, 
We started off with a mailbox. Some of you remember, right? It was one of those brass mailbox that you screw into the side of the house and then it has the flap on it and you just stuff the mail in there. That was our agape box as we called it. And we just had it on a folding table sitting there on the side and no big deal. And we've never taken an offering. I shouldn't say taken. I, Pastor Chuck taught us better than that. You know, take the offering like, give me the money! No, it's not like that. Receive the offering is the better, uh, more pastoral way to say it. But we've never done that. And look what God has done. With this, His church, us, His people. But I do have to address the proverbial elephant in the room whenever it comes to money, because sadly, many a pastor has been rightly accused of always talking about money. Here's the thing. In teaching expositionally through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, the only time we talk about money is when we're at a place in God's Word where God's Word talks about money. And such is the case today in the text that we have before us, where the Apostle Paul actually talks very openly and candidly about this matter of giving. This might come as quite a surprise to some, but... God's Word has a lot to say about money. I compiled four of what I'll call fast facts about finances. And I just kind of want to give you an idea of just how much the Bible addresses the issue of money and possessions, particularly from the Savior Himself. Here's fast fact number one. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's estimated that one out of every six verses, one out of six, deals with money in some manner. Fast fact number two. This is interesting. Of the 29 parables that Jesus taught, 16, that's over half, 55% of them, deal with our money and our possessions. Fast fact number three. The Bible has approximately 500 verses on prayer, less, this is surprising, less than 500 verses on faith. One would think it would be more, but get this, more than 2,000 verses on money. How about that? Fast fact number four. Jesus taught more about money and possessions than he did about heaven and hell combined. Combined. Needless to say, suffice it to say, I suppose you could say, (laughs) that the Bible has a lot to say about money. And Paul, in our text today, is echoing the Savior's teachings specifically as it relates to the blessing of giving. In Acts chapter 20, Paul quotes Jesus when he says that 
it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Do you believe that? It's true. You know how it is when you give that God bears witness to it, honors it, blesses it, and blesses you for it. So it's within this context that Paul ends his letter by thanking the Philippian Christians for their sacrificial giving. And in so doing, he reminds them and shows us why it is that givers are so blessed. The first reason is in verse 14, and it's that givers are commended. You know, Jesus takes notice of our giving. You know what I'm referring to? Remember that time when he's with the disciples there in the temple? And all of these, you know, religious leaders, and they're all just, you know, and and it's kind of interesting because the way that they would give in the temple is they would take their coins and they would toss them and make a loud noise in this brass receptacle so you could tell by virtue of how loud it was, how much they gave. So here's all these givers wanting everybody to see, throwing their money in there. And then here comes this widow with her, what we affectionately refer to as her widow's mites. Some estimate to be about the value of less than one penny. One penny. Listen, if I drop a penny, I ain't bending down to pick that thing up. I mean, it's even doubtful whether or not I'll do it for a quarter these days, but just because it it just hurts more now than it did when I was younger, and it has less. Anyway, enough of my problems. So here comes this widow, and barely makes a noise. You could hardly know that she even put anything in. And wouldn't you know that Jesus would know? And he points it out. And he says to the disciples, hey, you guys, come over here. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Interesting, yeah? Yeah, did you see how much those guys gave? No, that's not what I'm talking about. They gave out of their abundance, but she as Jesus commends her and takes notice of her, and get this, would deem it necessary that it would rise to the level of including it in the pages of Holy Writ, so that all of these generations later, we would be talking about her today. How about that? She gave out of her poverty. She gave all, all, that she had. Reminds me of the true story. When the offering plate was being passed around, this is in a third world country, my memory doesn't serve me correctly, it never does. And it came to this one guy, and he says, would you please lower the the plate? So they lowered the plate. Now, can you lower it more? So they lower it more. Can you just put it on the ground? So they put it on the ground. And he steps into the plate. says, this is all I have. I find it interesting 
that after talking about contentment, Paul would tell them, well done, you've done well. It was good of you to give. And what's even more interesting is that in their giving, they were also, Paul says, sharing in his troubles. Now the reason that's interesting is because of this word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It's the Greek word philipsis. Here's what philipsis meant. It meant a crushing weight on your chest that they would place, usually in the form of a large stone, so that when you breathed in, you could not, I mean when you breathed out, it would compress and you could not breathe back in. It was a crushing weight. And this is the word that Paul uses to describe his difficulties, his crushless, crushing, breathless pressure that he experienced. And where were these other churches? Only the Philippian church. Only the Christians there in Philippi were the ones that supported Paul, that were there for Paul during these crushing difficulties and trials. And they did so cheerfully, more than once by the way, as we just read and as we're going to talk about. They did so cheerfully and joyfully. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know what that Greek word is for cheerful? It's hilarious, or where we get our English word hilarious. It's not hilarious, it's hilarious something. Anyway, you can look it up. That's where we get our word, our English word hilarious. With such cheer, such joy, such delight in our giving. You know, we talk about how some people can be compulsive spenders. Well, God doesn't want us to be compulsive givers. I've heard it said this way, and I agree. If you feel like you have to give, don't give. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's be honest. God doesn't need it, right? Now, you wouldn't believe that or think that if you listen to these guys on TV. You would think that God is going broke. And if this is going to stay on the air, you need to give today. Give till it hurts. No, that's compulsion. God does not love that giver. And God does not need that gift. Here's the thing. It's not that God needs us to give, it's that we need to give. That's the way God made us. That's the way God wired us. Here's the second one. It's in verse 15. And it's that givers are rare. 
here, Paul says that of all the churches he had planted, none of them had financially supported him in his ministry. You know what's sad? Over the last 2,000 years, not much has changed. When it comes to Christians who give, not to mention give generously, it's very few. It's very rare. And one need look no further than to the statistics on giving. Here's one. According to a recent Gallup poll, of the 17% of Christians who say they tithe, only 3% actually do. Listen to the top five reasons, according to another survey, that Christians say that they don't give. These are the top five reasons. 38% said they could not afford to, to which I would say you cannot afford not to. I'll never forget the first time I'm a new believer. This is 30, going on 38 years ago, and I heard this teaching about testing the Lord out of, out of Malachi. Test me and see if I will not pour out the windows of heaven, a blessing upon you that will be so abundant you will not even be able to receive it if you'll just test me. The only time God says to test Him in the tithes and offerings. And by the way, I should probably parenthetically say that I'm going to use giving and tithing interchangeably. I know that this is a debate in the church today. Is tithing New Testament or Old Testament? Is that under the law? I Some say it's pre-law vis-a-vis the high priest Melchizedek. So I don't want to get into that. I'm just going to say what I've learned and practiced over the years and that I got from Larry Burkett, who's now with the Lord of Christian Financial Concepts. He said this, that tithing is the minimum, 10%. That's the minimum. And it's not so much that you're giving the Lord 10%, it's that He lets you keep 90%. Think about that. It's His money, right? We're to give, as we just read in Second Corinthians, according and proportionate to our income. What if God gave you money proportionate to your tithing? I'll just let that one sink in for a little bit, because I'm just as convicted as anybody else. And by the way, if you really want to get technical about the tithing, the Israelites, their tithe would be over 30%. So you might want to be careful about that. Tithe literally means tenth. Okay. So again, just for purpose of discussion, I'm going to use tithing and giving synonymously. Oh, and I should probably also mention that this is what I was actually talking about before my memory did what it always does. I'll never forget the first time I ever tithed. I I spread out all the bills, and I wanted the first check. This is 
back in the day. <laughs> I wanted the first check, they print out now, that's if you don't do it online. But anyway, I had a pen and a check. I know that's novel. And I actually wrote the first check as the tithe. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, you said to test you. And I, I don't know how 90% is going to go where 100% never went before. But I'm going to try, and I'm going to test you, and I'm going to try you. And so I, and I knew I was going to have to, I knew I couldn't pay all the bills that were in front of me. But I wrote that first check, and I mean, (sighs) was not easy. I was scared to death, but okay. And then, as God is my witness, I kept writing checks. And I paid every single one of those bills and had money left over and went back thinking I had made a mistake in the math. And then God said, don't look at the math. It's in the miracle. And I went from being scared to death to tithe to becoming scared to death not to tithe. It's not a legalism thing for me. I get to do this. It's a get to, not a got to. And I've never stopped ever since. And by the way, I've never lacked for anything. Oh, there's been tough times. But God has always provided. When our daughter Noel died, we had medical bills as high as the ceiling. And I remember spreading those medical bills out and saying, Lord, hello. (laughs) I didn't really say it like that, but that was kind of how I felt, like, God, you see all these bills? And again, as God is my witness, as only He can, I would go out to the mailbox, and there would be this anonymous money order, not a check, a money order for the exact amount of the bill that was in front of me to pay. And every single one of those bills got paid. Only God can do that. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When we give, we're giving ownership to God where it belongs. We're saying to the Lord, I am the owner of nothing. You are the owner of everything. I am the steward of everything that you've given me. It all belongs to you. By the way, thank you for letting me keep 90%. I could really use it this month. There's a lot to learn from this joyful New Testament book, Philippians. And we're so glad you've joined us to walk through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Philippians isn't just about the Apostle Paul's rejoicing, though. There are many references to this emotion. This book is also honest about the difficulties that followers of Christ will face. People will oppose the truth of the gospel, and you may face persecution from non-believers. But you can rest assured that Jesus knows, and He sees, and He can change lives anyway. You can be glad and rejoice in the Lord just as Paul did. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings on this book, you'll find them on our website. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. You can access these updates through our website. Again, that address is in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today and join us next time right here on In Spirit and Truth. truth, truth.